Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ministry has its ups and downs. Jesus will see it all, though he knows how it will go. Couch surfing homelessness, though even foxes have holes. To mountaintop experiences, the calling has its highs and lows. And everyone will have their own experience of Jesus. From the large crowd who is fed with two fish and five loaves, to a woman who begs for the crumbs from his table. Lazarus is alive, though wrapped in grave clothes, because not even death stops God's show. From Jonah covered in fish guts to Lazarus's empty tomb, Jesus has alluded to his resurrection. The scribes are taking notice, and the temple police have Jesus under surveillance. Undeterred, Jesus keeps moving because he's still got more life-giving work to do. Jesus calls the disciples and changes their five- or ten-year plans with two words. Follow me. No small talk. The gospel will test them and where their loyalties lie. Not short and sweet, Jesus will not just get to the point. It will take him three years to get it out, to live out what it will take us a lifetime to do. I'm Reverend Starlet Thomas, director of the Raceless Gospel Initiative at Good Faith Media and host of the Raceless Gospel Podcast. The Lenten season reminds us of the testing of Jesus, and we want to be a faithful voice in your ears. It's a Lenten podcast series from us at Good Faith Media with meditations to guide you during this 40-day journey. Episode 4, Change the Subject. Though there is the temptation to say it nicely, to present the gospel as less demanding, to try to take the sting out of his words, to preach the gospel without offending, the gospel does not go with popcorn and your favorite beverage. Walter Brueggemann warns us, the gospel is a very dangerous idea. We have to see how much of that dangerous idea we can perform in our own lives. There is nothing innocuous or safe about the gospel. Jesus did not get crucified because he was a nice man. James E. Talmadge sets the scene and the tone for the Lenten season. Our Lord's descent from the holy heights of the Mount of Transfiguration was more than a physical return from greater to lesser altitudes. It was a passing from sunshine into shadow, from the effulgent glory of heaven to the mists of worldly passions and human unbelief. It was the beginning of his rapid descent into the valley of humiliation. This is what the life of Jesus is about. Don't change the subject and make his message all about us. Up, up, and away from the crowd, high up on a mountain, the disciples are talking about one thing and Jesus is talking about another. Jesus asks the disciples what the poles are saying. Who do the crowds say that I am? The disciples report that he is either John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the other ancient prophets back from the dead. Isn't it interesting that they don't really know who Jesus is? As they follow him, they are hoping to figure it out, that it will all work out. But so long as the signs and miracles are flowing, they keep going. Jesus asked the disciples who they thought he was. And only Peter had the guts to say, the Messiah. 
Robert Stein says it is perhaps the Christological high point of the entire gospel. But as quickly as Peter says it, Jesus tells him not to say it again, not another word about it. Jesus shares that he will die and be raised again on the third day. Their lips are sealed as Jesus continues to reveal who he is. Until then, don't be confused by the numbers. Don't be deceived by the crowd's excitement. Everyone that is with Jesus is not with Jesus. They are all in his crowded corner now, screaming and crying as if witnessing the latest boy band, Jesus and his disciples. But they'll be singing a different tune soon. And Jesus is well aware of it. Their feelings will change. And so has Jesus's face while praying. Luke says Jesus's clothes are a dazzling white. And just in time, Jesus has cleaned up real nice because they have company. Peter, James, John, and Jesus meet Moses and Elijah. Jesus is talking to them about his upcoming travel plans. But surprisingly, the disciples can barely keep their eyes open, though they manage to stay awake to witness this mysterious exchange. Peter wants to remember the moment. He couldn't take a group picture due to lighting, understandably. And a t-shirt that reads, Been with Jesus, Elijah, and Moses, and all I got with this t-shirt... Uh, didn't seem appropriate. Still, Peter is glad to be there, so he forms a planning committee of one. He draws up a plan in his mind of three memorials, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. Peter wants to build monuments to the people rather than revel in the presence of the glory of God. And before he can put in stone the idea that Jesus is on the same level as Moses and Elijah, God interrupts. This is my son, my chosen. Doesn't Peter know that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets? Doesn't he know that on Jesus' teachings hang the law and the prophets? How quickly Peter has changed the subject. Now Jesus is just one of the prophets. But before they go down, let us take in that divinity has broken through the humanity of Jesus that the external manifestation of God is present, that the greatness and the glory of God is glimpsed that day. Earlier, Jesus told the disciples to pack light, and now they realize that they are traveling with light. The glory of God is revealed in Christ. Face aglow, the meeting shows what the disciples really know about Jesus. The transfiguration is what it means to know Jesus inside out. How they so quickly pull themselves together after such a sight is lost to me. Jesus' face is light and a light bulb comes on for Peter. He's got a bright idea. He is in the very presence of God and he wants to do something about it. God face to face, Peter reduces the meeting to rocks well-organized, neatly placed rubble to be visited and not immediately experienced. For all that Jesus has said and for all they have witnessed on the mountain during Christ's transfiguration, how quickly they come down. For all that we hear on God's holy mountain each Sunday, how quickly we come down. Get in our cars, close our laptops, put down our phones, 
and change the subject. Time's up. You've studied long enough. Next up, entrance examine. I'm Reverend Starlette Thomas. Learn more about the kingdom that is coming and the Raceless Gospel Initiative at goodfaithmedia.org.